As I maybe mentioned before, one of my favorite books is the book The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. It's a short little book, and it's a reflection on heaven and hell. It's a very allegorical piece of literature. And in one of the chapters, there's a conversation between a man in heaven named Len and a man in hell referred to as the Big Ghost. And the Big Ghost is quite surprised to see Len in heaven. They knew each other while they were on earth. But he's surprised to see Len in heaven because Len, in his lifetime, was a murderer. And the ghost can't get over the fact that Len is in heaven and he isn't. The ghost tells this man, Len, he goes, I lived morally straight all my life. I wasn't a religious man, but I did my best. I never asked for anything not mine by rights. I've always done my best and I've never done anything wrong. And what I don't see is why I should be put below a murderer like you. This sounds familiar to us today, brothers and sisters. It should. It's the older son from our gospel, from that parable of the prodigal son. That older son who is so upset seeing his younger brother restored to good graces with his father. And the problem with that ghost in the great divorce And the problem with that older son in our gospel is that each of them, you could say, is holding on to an inferior understanding of love and an inferior understanding of how God's charity works. That relationship that God the Father wants to have with us, seen in that parable, and maybe even seen in that scene in the great divorce, is we know that Our relationship with God the Father is something that is not acquired by work or skill. It is not one of possessiveness or an exchange of goods and services. Divine love does not work this way, brothers and sisters. It is a gift. A gift freely given by God to us. And by definition, a gift is not something that can be demanded It can only be received graciously and given from the very depths of one's heart. It is one of undeserved, unmerited love. An overflowing of God's very life poured into our own hearts. It's not the product of an economic exchange. The Father's very existence, God the Father's very existence is to pour his life and his love into our hearts. To pour forth his very self to us. That was the case of that Father in the parable. It's what he lives for, to give of himself for his children. And that younger son, you could say initially, sort of cuts off that flow. When he says, Father, I want the inheritance that's mine, and he leaves. He sort of cuts off the father's ability to give of himself because there is no one there to receive it. But eventually he comes to realize that all he wants is his father's gift. Unmerited, undeserved. And so he goes to his father. He tells him that he is sorry. And the father, in his mercy and in his goodness, tells him to get up. He kills the fattened calf and throws a great party. 
And the older son is so upset by this. He can't wrap his head around someone giving a gift to someone that they don't deserve to obtain. And we cannot approach salvation, brothers and sisters, as if it is ours by birthright. It is a gift from God, and all of God's gifts are almost recklessly given, you could say. They are always undeserved. It is a love where no one truly gets what they deserve. They get something better, so to speak. And if only that older son, and if only that ghost from the great divorce would lay aside their ego, their pride in themselves, they would each receive something far greater than what they are demanding of God the Father in that moment. If only that elder son had not fixated himself on inheritances, goats, and money as tokens of his father's affection, if he, he would actually be able to receive God the Father's love, something far better than any party or fattened calf. He sees his brother experiencing something so beautiful, and he's so upset that the thing he wants more than anything else pales in comparison to what his brother is receiving. And this older son has probably had his ups and downs in his life. We don't hear about them in this parable. Probably not as dramatic as that younger son for sure. He might not be a degenerate sinner, but he probably isn't a saint either. And if only he acknowledges it. If only this older son were to just acknowledge that truth, but he can't bring himself to do it. If only he would acknowledge it and approach God, that the father, like his younger brother, he would actually receive far more than what he might be asking. As the conversation in the great divorce concludes, the ghost, in a fit of rage, he tells Len, I only want my rights. I'm not asking for anyone's bleeding charity. And Len replies in a great deal of wisdom, then do at once ask for the bleeding charity. Everything is here for the asking, and nothing can be bought. Ask for the bleeding charity. Such a beautiful line. It's what that younger son does in the parable. And that is what you and I are called to do as well, brothers and sisters. Thankfully, we know who to ask, and we also know where that bleeding charity comes from. It is the mercy that flows out of Christ's bleeding side. Christ who wants to pour his love into our lives and who even bled to do so. Thankfully, Len the murderer and that younger son in our gospel today realize that profound truth. That salvation only comes to those who put themselves aside and beg for mercy from God, for mercy from Christ on the cross. It is there, waiting to be given to us if only we ask for it, rather than demanding to purchase it with our personal capital. This parable in this gospel, brothers and sisters, reminds us of the need we have to beg Christ each day for his bleeding charity, just as that younger son did. For we are all sinners, helpless without the grace and love of God our Father. So where do we, need to ask for that bleeding charity of Jesus? What needs to be brought to him? 
most prominently maybe in the confessional, so that we can get not what we deserve, but something far more. So let us ask for God's mercy today, where we might need it the most, and receive it as a gift bestowed to us. For we have a Father whose very existence is to pour forth his love and pour forth his grace to us, his most unworthy of children. And like the prodigal son, may we run to him, receive his love, and be brought back to fullness and salvation.